Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Young Justice, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Andy Potter, and today I'm joined by Beatrice Murad. Hello! And Jeff Anderson. Howdy! Uh, So today we're going to be talking about the season premiere of Young Justice, Young Justice Outsiders. But before we get into that, you can find everything about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes or on YouTube or whatever podcatcher you use. And also, before we get into it, I want to let everyone listening know that this is going to be an explicit podcast. We're going to curse. We're going to say bad words. We're going to – not because the show itself has curse words in it, but because it has a lot of dark themes in it. And I think this matches how the show feels. So if you're still on the fence about listening to this or watching the show, just know the show is not – does not have curse words in it, but it is a very dark show. Anyways, with that said, uh, let's just get right into this. Beatrice, what were your reactions to the show? This was a crazy fucking, like, crazy, crazy pilot, to the, not pilot, but premiere. Oh, I missed Young Justice. I missed it so much. And I didn't, it didn't really hit me how much until I started watching it. And, I mean, granted, this is taking a lot more liberties and it's going a lot darker, a lot more ex- graphic in its violence than, say, it did when it was on Cartoon Network. But even so, like, it still is Young Justice, it still feels like Young Justice, and I miss it so much. And it, it just kind of continues on and doesn't feel like six years had passed since season two, which is what I wanted. I just wanted them to, I just wanted the transition to be seamless, and it was. And, um, yeah, um, Batwoman. <laughs> Batwoman made a cameo. There she was, and it was beautiful. She appeared like in five minutes, fifty-four seconds or something, and it was glorious. And I screamed, and she it was wonderful. She didn't even talk. Feature. She didn't I even talk. I don't care. I don't care. It's Batwoman. Um, and I don't know. Maybe she'll appear more. Who knows? Because I mean, young, the 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 characters they're kind of. It's called Young Justice, but doesn't even feel like. Even though I, it, 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 they're part of the Justice League, basically. The, the, um, main, yeah. the main characters are pretty much adults at this point. So basically, it's very, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. So they're, it's, it's basically just Justice League, but they're keeping the branding for the sake of yeah. the history of the show. But um, so yeah, so who knows? Maybe she will show up. You know? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, we have a we have a, we have twenty three more episodes to go. There's a lot we can cover here. Yeah. So Jeff, what did, what were your reactions to this premiere? I was very excited um, with the content. Um, like, like, like Beatrice, it's, it's been a while. It, it didn't feel like six years. Wow, they, they really pulled that off. However, I'm comparing how I... So, you're familiar with the, the Suicide Squad. There's a, There's been a live-action annotation, but there's also an animated movie that I watched some time ago. And while I enjoyed the action sequences and, um, and seeing all the characters in that universe... After I watched it, I didn't really feel very good about myself. I mean, it's, it's, it's very many like morally redeeming qualities of that movie, which is a big surprise. Um, and I'm feeling the same way about these episodes here. They're very dark, which I'm, I know we'll get into. Uh, it's missing a lot of the, the humor elements and uh, just some of the, the, the positive qualities um, and attributes of, of the old show. So I really hope we get back to that. Um, but we'll see. It's interesting you say that because I watched the final episode of season two just as a refresher leading up to it. And it, if you do that, it's, it, the tone seems the same because that final episode was so heavy. But 
I, I'm assuming like if you go back to like and you watch like the first episode of the show, that obviously there is going to be a a shift in terms of humor and the presence of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like 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 the the second to last episode of the, of season two, I think has you know like the the defeat of the light and all that stuff, and there's some there's some good there's some good 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 story hits there. Yeah, there's a this kind of just jumps right off from where we were in the end of season two, but just keeps that dark tone, like you were saying, Beatrice. And I agree with Jeff a little bit here that like the dark tone is a little bit off-putting at times. Like it's not that it's bad; it's just it's a very drastic shift from some of the things we've seen before. Like there are some moments in these episodes that are really, really intense in a surprising way. But that said, I do echo the like the fact that this just hits the ground running. This is Young Justice. I've really been missing this show for six years. And I don't know. It is, like, I think these are still really, three really good episodes, despite how dark they are and how kind of different tonally they are. So I think that this is a good really time. Hope they, I hope that they, they, they don't, they're, not, they're not dark for, their, for darkness's sake. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell at times. I think we can just jump right into that now. Like, I think that's the biggest talking point of these three episodes, just how dark they are, because... There are multiple people killed on screen, multiple people shot by bullets. There are people, there's one girl who gets literally brained by a flame monster and like her skull is revealed. Like even though she comes back to life, that is still a shocking image to see. I, I'm pretty sure she's a child, right? Like she's not an adult, but I'm not yeah. 100% sure. But she is, that is a really brutal shot. And I just, I, they could not have aired that on television. I don't think like half the stuff they did, like th- with, with, while keeping the rating they wanted. And I don't know, like, were you guys really stunned that they killed like multiple children on screen in this these episodes? Because that was pretty stunning to me. Yeah. Like, did, Beatrice, were you prepared for that multiple children dying? No, I wasn't. And I mean, if you take like the first child, right? I think her name is what Anna. No, no, Anna, Anna, and um, the other guy is Plasmus. I forget his. But yeah, Otto. Otto, Otto is her brother. Yeah. Otto. Um, but Anna, you know, when when that happened, like I was I, in my head, I'm thinking, even though it's like a child, like, and it was very grave what happened visually, it wasn't that graphic, even no. though it's still a child. So I was like, oh, maybe this is how they're gonna skirt away from like still doing dark, but visually, it's not 100% there. But then what happened with um, I don't know if we ever found out her name. Uh, um, no, we don't. She's just called Halo Girl on the wiki and Dead Girl right. on the wiki. So we're going to call her Halo here because Halo is an actual hero. So we're going to assume that that's who she is. Okay. Well, Halo, um, she, like, I think, I mean, I, I think it's shocking in kind of the sense, like, for me, that was very reminiscent of Indiana Jones, you know, when they had oh, that yeah. thing, that shot of the, I think it what of that, like, Nazi guy, like, becoming, yeah. like, a skull. Like, that's what it was reminiscent of to me, where it's, like, it's not necessarily bloody, but it is gory and it, it it was it's and because like for most of the movie it's it's still like it 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 was how do i explain it it still was kids could still see it like it's not it's so so gory I, that kids couldn't see it but also but it, in, it's still scarring to a child and yes. i mean and if you think about who it is it is a child not a nazi that's I, being suffered in the, in the way it was shown i mean yeah, it was it was surprising. I, um, but to me, the things that were mature about this weren't even necessarily like the the killing. I mean, I think personally, like the assassination of the parents was the goriest thing. Oh yeah. But I mean, a- aside from the melting of the face, but um, 
personally, I think what was so shocking and mature about the show and what was so dark was the fact that we are seeing basically like the the show's version of Fox News and the show's version of Pierce Morgan, who was there in the second season. But like, the, yeah. because, given how in our world, like they exist, like it's much more present now than before than six years ago. Six years ago was a different world that we lived in. And like, it just kind of the, I don't know. I just felt this kind of very heavy kind of darkness in there that doesn't, that isn't even necessarily because of, the show itself, but because of what the world that we're living in and the, and the, and the parallels they're making with, with, um, immigration, with, um, with refugees, with what they're saying, like with military, um, intervention, like all this stuff. It just, like, you know, discrimination and racism and all that. I mean, I mean, child trafficking. That's yeah. off the bat we're getting. So I, I think what you're getting at here is that the context is what matters with this show. Like there's like a lot of the individual things that happen aren't as dark as they could be, but then you add the context of, like, the characters, how they're feeling about things, the context of, like, how the Fox News, how the news media is portrayed, like, then it gets a lot darker, because, like, we have Black Lightning, like, I think a lot of the kids dying wouldn't have been as impactful if we didn't see through the eyes of Black Lightning. Like, he is remorseful, he realizes how big a deal this is, like, we see it at multiple instances, like, he he almost can't bring himself to walk into a children's hospital morgue because of his trauma, and I think that's what makes this, the darkness so visceral because of these moments. Jeff, you haven't jumped in here a lot, like, did, was there any part of this darkness that really, like, jumped out at you as, like, being too much, or, like, because you seem to be a little, you seem to be a little hesitant about some of this. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know, like, the, uh, all, all the gore, you know, is, yeah. it is bordering on gratuitous, I think. Um, like, it doesn't need to be that way in order to be a good show. So, hey, this gets back to, like, the, let's not be gory for goriness' sake, or just the fact that, oh, it's not on TV, so we can be gory, so let's do that. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's have a moral compass here. Um, I don't think they're being, I mean, if they were being gratuitous for gratuitous sake, they would be like that Suicide Squad animated movie. And I'm not not saying that's what they're doing. I'm just hoping that they don't go that direction. I get what you're saying, Jeff, because it's like it's this is the first step past the past being on TV. So if this is what they start with, is this a sign of like how they're going to be going and stepping up from here? Like, is it going to become something that's much more gory as we approach the finale is what I I that's what I was fearing, at least. When I was watching mm-hmm. this, because this is the beginning. This is like, this is our hook for the show. If this is just the gore we're getting now, like this, the shot of the, um, the king and the queen in their bed, bloody, like that was actually probably the actual goriest yeah. shot of the movie, of the, of the premiere, because there's just two people covered in blood and stab wounds on a bed holding hands together. Like that is not a thing you'd expect to see in a show like this normally. Like that is pretty far off the deep end in terms of gore for a superhero show. Yeah. And I'm not sure if there's anything else really to say here besides it's something to keep watch of as we progress through the season because it's inter- – I think more more than anything, I'm just interested in this shift. Not really like – maybe not worried yet, but I can see where you're coming from, Jeff, where I, I am – I can see a viewer being worried that this would get worse. Like and I, I'm, I'm, I'm also, as a, from a total selfish point of view, I'd, I'd like to have people to watch the show with, and I have very I, yeah. this is very curtailed the audience with which I can share this now. Oh, that that is a good point because some people just can't stomach this kind of stuff, not just the gore, but also these tough topics. Like there are tough topics that are cool to watch or interesting to watch, but this is like this is really really tough stuff. Like 
human trafficking is a real world thing. Like this is not like some strange alien invasion like last season. This is a real life thing that's being added with a superhero element to it. And it's that that's gonna be tough to watch for people. Like that is really tough. And so I think with that said, I think we can maybe we can start and hit on a couple of big notes through the plot and maybe just talk about that instead of just going a big view of the darkness stuff. Uh before I get into anything, were there any uh uh, let's let's just go into it. Actually, let's just go. Let's just start with the recap. We the first episode, um, Prince is all. It started with the uh, recap, like the end of season two, but we immediately jumped into the present with Black Lightning killing the girl, like we said. But I think the more interesting scene here is all the references. So we're gonna, we're gonna get you a chance to talk about that woman again here, Beatrice, because yeah. we get this we get this shot on the watchtower where we get pretty much a not a recap of the last two years, but a kind of just a hint at how things have changed because a lot of things have changed since two, season two and it's really interesting actually all the changes they've done because in the, i i know a lot of the comic stuff that's happening here but i have no idea what's actually coming up did you i know you two jeff and beatrice you guys have at least some understanding i'm not sure exactly your full knowledge of dc comics but i know you guys have some and like well, where were your minds going jeff were you, was your mind worrying into places when you're seeing these characters show up in the way they were showing up so it's funny. Um, I've seen a few of the more recent animated uh, DC <clears throat> uh, like movies featuring like Batman, Wonder Woman. So I, so the, the, their new costumes were not a surprise to me, but I was a bit um, disappointed. I, I guess I, I'm I far prefer Batman's appearance and voice from Young Justice season two and one than what he showed up now, where it's clear that they're taking cues from what's been going on in the animated universe so far recently um other thing like i was not a fan of basically prince is all the first episode should have been two episodes i think they crammed way too much stuff in it there was, it was i agree it was a very long episode no i mean like uh, the, the 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 proposal uh for superboy like the, no lead up um the uh the, the okay so the whole human trafficking thing they really should have done, you know, the whole show don't tell, uh, guidance. Well, they really just told us in this meeting with the Justice League, like, here's the state of the world. They really should have had, you know, half an episode to establish that the Justice League is being hamstrung and more than one child is being abducted. It's a pandemic. We I really got that context. I think partially they did this because it has been six years. So they, I think they kind of didn't want to lose their audience in some ways because a lot of people kind of might have forgotten where the state of the world is. And so this felt kind of necessary to me, but it does feel very ham-fisted, I agree. Because there's these people, they're just the heroes sitting there conveniently talking about all the important changes that have happened to the world in the last two years, just happening to happen right now on it's, screen. It's the whole well, model, like, everyone knows what's going on. Yeah. Right? I mean, well, that's the th- well, that's the thing, though. To be fair, though, they, I think they did the best they could with that. Because it wasn't the that conversation and that wasn't used just simply as exposition. It was used to show the conflict within the Justice League and it was used to show the the fallout of the Justice League. So it did do some character work despite it doing what you say, which was more telling than showing. And, you know, we have to understand that two years had passed. So even though we have just seen season, we had come off of season two and we know what the world is going on at the moment, like... It two years have passed where we don't know what's happening. And we like we just left with Lex Luthor Lex Luthor becoming um what is it, Secretary General of the yep. UN or something? Yes, correct. 
Is that the title? So we now we're finding out what's going on with him. Like we needed some if we're going to do a time jump, we needed some sort of information to to not to not have us disoriented and not to let us be like completely lost. So, I mean, if we had a character, for instance, like, for instance, I'm going to I'm going to make reference to Star Wars because it's me. So, of course, I am. So if we were like if we had a character like Luke who doesn't really necessarily know what's happening in the world and he's kind of an ingenue. Or if we had someone like Harry Potter when he's just starting out and, and exploring the wizarding world, then we can do a lot more showing than telling. But we are dropping in season three after a time jump with characters who do know what's happening, but we as the audience don't. So there's no other way to do this. So I think, I don't know, I, don't, I just think you guys are being a little too hard with that. I, um, I, I get it, Beatrice, and I, I'm, I'm not exactly being, I don't know if I'm being hard, maybe I was a little rough with my language, but I just mean that I think they could have done other things, but I think this is the simplest way to do it, and I am kind of just prefer it. Like, they could have done, like, news clips, they could have done, like, a montage or something, but I just think this is the quickest way to do it, and that's okay that it's a little... It's a little ham-fisted at times, but I think it's the right way to go for this type of show. So, if they had had, you know, episode one, like, half the episodes taken up with, oh, there's a tsunami in Relasia or whatever, and... Justice League wants to move in, but then we actually experience the whole ham, like the whole um, hamstringness, the, the red tape. If, if they actually allowed us to to see that firsthand rather than just being told that's what's been going on, I'd feel a lot more um, empathy for these Justice Leaguers who are leaving as it is. And like, wait, they're leaving? Wait, what? I don't. I, I, I'm not uh, sure that they tell me they're disappointed, but I don't feel that. I I, I honestly think Jeff and I I agree i felt the same way i think that might be what the show's trying to do i think the show might be wanting us to feel like hey why are these guys leaving this is crazy if that's what they're going for fair it's, it's but weird okay. I, yeah but i agree though that it would have been nice to see that they were being disenfranchised um i will say though wasn't season two didn't they have experienced some disenfranchisement in season two they, like they wasn't there always tension between the Justice League and the UN though. There was. So, I, so I'm just saying. Also, we have to remember it's been six years, so yeah. maybe we're not as fresh with season two. But this has also been a theme that's been happening for a bit of time. I think though that most of the stuff with the UN, the issue was more that there were specific heroes that um, people were questioning, and that there were also um, they were questioning the use of the younger heroes because they were like a secret force, and that right. that was most of the. I think if I remember correctly, that was most of the tension. But now it feels like there's been some further steps, like they can't just be heroes anymore. So it, I, I'm, I'm interested to see more of what we do because later in later episodes, of this episode in this premiere, it comes off like it's almost like the Sokovia Accords from Civil War, right? Yeah, it, like that's kind of the vibe I'm getting, and it's inter- interesting to me to see if we'll continue on with that because I think we will, but it'll be interesting to see how we do that. I don't think we're gonna go full Civil War like they're gonna be heroes fighting each other which is no. good, but I, I am going to be interested in what we do. With that said, I want to, just before we jump, move on from here, Beatrice, what do you want to say about Batwoman? Oh, I mean, I said it in the beginning. Do you, do you, want, do you have I more? Just, We're here I, now. No, well, I do. I do actually have more, though. <laughs> what I like, it, not, not about Batwoman in particular, but a little okay. bit about Bat Family. Um, in the two years, I mean, I, the thing that for me, the jump, what worried me was, I don't know if they want to make, I don't think they're making like the DC animated universe and young justice part of the same Canon. I don't think, um, even though there, maybe there's some costume influences, but, um, the fact that Oracle's a thing now, meaning the killing joke yep. thing happened. Like, I just want to know the timeline because 
last time we checked, Batgirl was still Batgirl. So it's like, okay, hold on. Like, and I adore her journey as Oracle. And I'm like, I'm still getting used to the fact that she's Batgirl again. But, um, or at least in the comics. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm just like really hope to get, I mean, if she's Oracle, we got, I mean, I don't want to get a flashback. I don't want to see the killing joke again. I don't need it. And I'm trying to erase the animated film of the killing joke from my mind because that was unnecessary. But, um, but yeah, so I'm just excited to see like what, like they just, I I just don't want them to just have like, Oh, like Oracle, we're not going to mention like that. She was that it's Barbara Gordon or like, or that, that just happened. We're just not going to mention how like Batwoman's just there. I, I actually want them to, I mean, Batwoman, it's fine if it's just a cameo, but especially yeah. with someone like Barbara who, who was there in season two and was a character. I want to, I don't want them to just leave her as Oracle without some form of exploration of her character. I, yeah, character. I agree. I really was. Oracle is probably one of the things I was most excited about just like hearing in the background a couple times. I'm, it's interesting that, like, they're kind of taking a very, like, now that they're not on TV, I think this might be part of it, too, they're really playing fast and loose with references. They're yeah. just, like, they're throwing all kinds of stuff at us. They're throwing Oracle at us. They're throwing all kinds of um really obscure heroes at us in this meeting with the Justice League that don't even have voicing roles here. And it's just, they're fine with that. And I'm I'm okay with that to a point, but we need to realize that the thing that was good about this show was the characters. Like, I liked the characters, these iterations of them, and so... I'd be worried if they just go a little too far with the references, but right now it's fine. This is good. This yeah. is fun. But um, I think yeah. you guys missed the two biggest things of this meeting, which are, one, Superman's apparently not part of the Justice League right now. He is gone. I mean, he is. He's he's in space, though. He's the Justice League, but going in space right now with Wonder yeah. Woman. He's gone right now, though. He's not. He wasn't part of this meeting. Like, he wasn't part yeah. of this leadership meeting at all. Right. He's just kind of on his own thing right now, and so that's interesting. But that's the thing, he's not on his own thing, he's with Wonder Woman. But I mean, like, he's not involved with this leadership meeting, which I find interesting. Like, he's not doing any of the leading, which is a little bit different than the Superman we've seen before in these kinds of shows, which I think lines up pretty well with what we've seen of him in the past of this show, like, of this, um, in the past seasons. Like, he's not really the... He isn't as charismatic as we're used to, which is an interesting twist on him. He's still the same paragon of good he's just a little bit less charismatic but then the more interesting thing here is that aqualad is now aquaman yeah what happened to aquaman yeah i was this is a crazy change for me in that i he aqualad is one of the best characters on the show his voice actor is incredible and he is just really interesting to me and he had probably the most interesting arc in season two and now he's just kind of pushed above the rest of our cast and I think that was almost a move so that we don't have to – he can be written out as a solution to a lot of the problems with our cast. Because he did a lot of times save everybody else because he is both powerful and cool-headed at times when it's more interesting if the characters aren't cool-headed all the times. And so this is – I think this is a good move to move him out of our main cast but still be close enough that he can interact with them. And so this is really interesting. Obviously, we need to know where other Aquaman went. But I think that it doesn't seem like there's any more tragic stuff happening, but we'll see. And um, I'm, I'm just worried, though, that it's going to be another cyborg situation Yeah. where they move him to the Justice League versus Teen Titans. And then it's like they lose like completely loses the magic and he feels awkward within the Justice League. So that's my biggest concern with Aquaman, Aqualad turning into Aquaman, which is like, can they make that transition and still like obviously he won't be there as often, but still make the character suffer? Like and also the question, like, I don't know, I just. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 
there's a lot going on here, but uh, let's just move on. We've got a lot to cover, a lot of ground to cover. We're still in, ep- we're still in the first, like, ten minutes of episode one. <laughs> this episode is just so long. Like, the next two episodes, honestly, are much shorter to talk about, but these ones, this one is just, there's just too much happening in it. Like, I, going through the outline here, Jeff, I, I more agree with you, because this episode is just, there's too much here. They could have cut down a little bit on this, because we still have, in this episode, Dick going to Moscow. He talks to everybody. He, uh, he, he fights some metahuman traffickers. We find out about Oracle. We get the king and queen of Moldovia, or, sorry, Markovia. Apologies. Markovia get assassinated and they also have a meeting with the press. We also find about, find out about Prince Brion. We find out about Terra. We find out about Dick meeting up with three other heroes to get them to join him. And that's all at the same episode. This is probably one of the most fast paced, like, episode one premieres ever. Like, it's just insane. And they had, and for some reason they had the gall to add a 30 second section that was to a previous season. Like, of all the episodes to do to add 30 seconds from a previous episode, like, this one seems like the worst option. There's just so much going on here. And so, like, for example, um, like, Black Lightning, when when um, uh, <clears throat> when he gets recruited, uh, like, he, he goes the whole, like, oh, you know, I, I, I won't go, to, to, don't even ask me, you know. And everyone knows, okay, he's going to show up, right, after yeah. some time reflection, right? But they did it in the very next scene, which is, like, no, that the, the 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 trope doesn't work if you just fast forward like that. You need time to, you know. It, you need time for let it sit. And I think it honestly would have been enough if they just like skipped the next episode, and then had this scene, like just separate right. it by like a credit scene and an opening, and I think it would be fine. But just having it be like two seconds later, it just feels like oh, okay, I guess we're just gonna not even pretend. We're just gonna go right. straight to this. It's it was kind of it was really fast. I agree. But that's this whole episode. Oh, yeah, and also we have Superboy proposing to Miss Martian in this episode, out of nowhere. Which really could have been saved for later in the series to have yeah. more emotional impacts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like I like this relationship, Miss Martian and Superboy. They feel very good together. But again, this is, like, crazy, crazy fast what we're doing. Also, oh, before we move on to the next episode, because there's more here, but, like, I think we talked about most of the interesting stuff here. But we – Miss Martian looks – she has like she's white, like she has white skin, like a like a white Martian in the beginning of this Watchtower scene, which I think is interesting. There's some more character development there happening in the background for for Megan. And Didn't I, we always know that she was white Martian though? Yes, that happened in season one. Like she revealed it to everybody. And no, so we, like yeah, ahead. so I kind of like that. I kind of like yeah. how like we we don't have to go through the whole like oh now I've like come to my own and now I'm comfortable enough to be who I really am. Like we, I feel like. That it's fine. I think, especially because she kind of had that sort of thing when, when, um, when we find out who like her actual face belonged to. Like, I think it was a smart decision to just kind yeah. of in the two years she became comfortable with her own skin and just yeah. Well, not entirely. I mean, she's she's still metamorphosing to look human like. It's not her real form, right? Yeah. Right. She she turns into her real form a couple times in season two to fight, but otherwise she stays in her human like form to fight. So I'm wondering if, if like if if it. On Mars, if, if adult uh, females don't have hair there either, if that's why she's presenting as bald when she's in Martian form. I guess. That might be, like, I mean, her, um, Ja'an doesn't have hair either. Like, mm-hmm. I, I assume maybe no Martians have hair. Yeah. But I think the most interesting, I, I agree with you, Beatrice, like, if she was the main character of a show of her own, like, this is stuff I'd want to be on screen. Like, I'd want to see it. But as a, as a member of an ensemble cast like this, like, there's just not time. To have like an entire arc for her anymore, unfortunately, to to see her growth. 
So this is, I think this is fine thing to happen in the background. Like we recognize there's growth there, and we're just moving on forward with the plot. Um, I guess now we can just move on to the next episode because it's much much shorter in terms of summaries. Um, I really wanted to talk about these Beast Boy scenes now. I guess this would be the best time because there's something funky going on with Beast Boy on this TV show. Would I mean would would Jeff? Do you do you feel a little weirded out by this whole sequence with him having a commercial for a show? A little bit. I mean. I don't really know what they're going for, but uh, yeah, it's sort of okay. Cool, why not? Yeah, but then like even then, like what what I mean is that this 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 thing he says to everybody on this commercial is like, if you see something, scream something. It's a little bit creepy. It's not really if if they're going for like a real like wholesome like commercial thing, it feels a little creepy and forced. Yeah, it feels like on the nose a little bit. Like oh, yeah. oh say something. Ah, uh-huh. you know. I yeah. Get it. And and we never see Beast Boy anywhere else besides these two commercials we get in these episodes. To me, to me, I I feel like there's more going on here than we're seeing. And uh, Beatrice, did you feel that way at all about these, or did you just take them at face value? I mean, I feel like these were the moments of like humor at times, because like I, like for instance, like I don't know, like for instance that like that shot of like kind of doing a spoof of the more you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I feel like I mean, it was. I think that was just like I, part of it was an, a, a weird attempt at humor that didn't necessarily work, especially with everything that was happening. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't. I'm not familiar with Beast Boy's journey and history in the comics, but I'm kind of, I'm like, really, like he's. I mean, it makes sense that he'd go into acting since his mom is also was one, but yeah. Also, like I, I mean, I guess. But I'm always also never really a hundred percent huge fan of like when they kind of basically treat when they use queer language to describe like a situ kind of being like, oh, like I'm the only openly meta human. And I'm just like, if you're going to use queer themes, give us queer characters as well. Yep. Don't just use the themes. Also give us queer characters is all I say. Yeah. And I think that um gets on to something that I want to talk about maybe as we end. But there's this is still a very straight show. There's no real uh, queer representation in the show at all, at least yet. So, but we'll get, I think we'll get into that as maybe like an ending topic. But right now I just want to get through this, get through this, Beatrice, because there's a lot to get through. But um, uh, I guess another thing I want to talk about is uh, just, there is, the, the children's hospital in this episode is very, very dark. <laughs> just the idea that people are taking kids who are terminally ill and doing experiments on them for trafficking is a very dark idea. And we talked about it at the beginning, but I just want it, to, it just, this feels like it whole, the whole set piece here feels like something that we could not even do in the show at all. Like just the set piece itself. And I think this type of thing is a good thing that comes from the way they're using dark elements. Like we couldn't have a children's hospital set piece with dead children around. Like, did you feel Beatrice or Jeff, did you, Feel like this ep- that this I- part of it was a little better, like the idea that we can have sets like this happen in oh, the show yeah. now. Yeah, this is and you know the whole like mature themes like tra- human trafficking. I-, I have no issues with like um, you know bringing that to the forefront and actually having shows that touch on those things. I think that's really good. Um, I will note that the, uh, the 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 opening scene of the morgue when they're exploring it and they have like the the operating tables that really actually reminded me of a tour I went on of a concentration camp and saw the uh, medical facilities there is interesting parallel for me at least. I mean, yes, yeah. I, I think 
honestly, I think that's a good comparison because it does at times look very not clinical. Like it does look clinical as the clinic, but I mean, it does look like it's a the lighting of it makes it look very dark. It looks very evil and and not good. And I think that's a good comparison actually. And then we get to the underground section with the actual kids in the tubes, which is also pretty unsettling, honestly. There are these four kids in tubes, or is it, no, sorry, it's four on one side, four on the other. And it's pretty unsettling. And, um, I don't, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it's about as unsettling as it was in, you know, season two, because they had that kids in tubes. Yeah. But I think the, but I, again, context, context matters, because we know these eight kids are being sent off to essentially be weapons, and they're being, like they're being they're they're being trafficked. Like we keep saying, like they're it's it's not light stuff we're dealing with. These these eight kids are essentially being sent off to die, and mm-hmm. and we see kids die. Like we these eight kids feel a lot more like their their situation's a lot more uh, horrible because we've seen the two kids die in the in the show already. Like we know these eight kids are gonna suffer a fate fairly similar to Anna and Otto, which is not. A very, it, it makes it so much worse. Like the context is very important for this show. But, um, did, uh, Beatrice, did you have anything to say about this child, the child hospital set piece at all? Like, was there anything that jumped out to you about it? Um, I, if anything, I just, I appreciate the, the, cause sometimes, I, I don't know, I just, I appreciate the emotional reactions people had to the storyline. The emotional reactions the characters had. Yeah. Because I feel like had, I think in that, like you mentioned before, that's where the darkness and the context lies. Because if they just act on phase and they're like, okay, we got to save the kids. Okay, whatever. And then we move on. And then, it, and we didn't really kind of keep, like savor the darkness and the gravity of the situation. Then it may be played off as more light. Like it could be kind of like a, a, a show like, say for instance, Steven Universe will say something. And it'll be super dark, but they'll move past it because they're like, we still want to keep the lightness of the show, even though there's some dark elements in the background. Whereas with this, it's kind of like, no, we're going to we're going to actually talk about the repercussions of these things. So I appreciate them being in a way more responsible and actually treating this like it is. Yeah. Um, and um, yes. And, and they chose the two people that came in here very specifically, like Black Lightning has in aversion to yeah. dead children. Like, I mean, as most people should, but I mean, like, he has personal experience with it, and he's very emotional about this. Like, we see him go meet his daughter before he does this mission, because he's so wound up yeah. about it. And then we see Superboy. Well, I mean, he didn't go see... I don't think he went to see... He was visiting his daughters, and then he gets called by... Uh, yes. Then, uh, yes. So it wasn't... But he went to see his daughter because he was wound up about the death on... In the right, space. right. Like, he and, was... Yeah. And I'm just saying, it's a, it's a continuous character point that he is really worried about children right now he is really yeah. worried that kids are dying and he can't do anything and, and he then, keeps reminding he was like we know we failed because the kids got away yeah so he keeps yeah exactly and and i like that i like that we have this character here because i feel like he's a very i don't know he he makes he makes the things feel like they matter more because if yeah. like you said if they just didn't care they would just be heroes like like imagine if this just it's not ended- necessarily that they didn't care it's more like if they didn't seem phased by it or they yeah. kind of just been like much more kind of detached from the situation, like in, Dick at is, least emotionally. Like Dick is like, in episode three. Like he says, we did it. We stopped them. We stopped them from getting, yeah. doing more. And Black Lightning jumps in and says, no, we didn't. Eight kids got out. Like that is, I think that's what he, he adds that because Dick, if this just ended on Dick being like, yeah, we did it. 
it would be a very different tone for how this ended, even if Plasmus died, even yeah. if and that, that all yeah. happened. And that's the difference between, say, Young Justice on a, on TV and Young Justice on this app. Yeah. Is, that's the difference, is that now we actually are forced to have these conversations about the dark themes that are being shown yeah. and engaging with them versus before we could have the darkness, but get away with, get away with not having to actually engage with it. Yeah. And again, I think the, I think what we're going to watch with it, what we're going to have to be keep track of on the show is whether that makes the show better at times. Cause right now, like Jeff, like you're saying, like there's not a lot of space for humor when we have scenes like black lightning going, like, I don't want to see dead kids. Like, and that's fair. Like that's fair that there's no humor here. Cause that's kind of a different show at that point. And it's a trade-off. And I'm not sure at some point, if it's a good trade-off, because I think we do need lighter moments, because this is still a superhero show. This is still a show about not kids anymore, but younger adults trying to deal with these horrible elements in the in the world, and that's a that's a lot to deal with without having any humor in the show. And so yeah. I think that's something to track as we go. Um, uh, as we move on through the scene, we find out about Halo, who comes back to life, which is I think pretty interesting. This character, I'm not sure if she has a like, it's unclear if she has, like, some kind of mental disability or not at times, or if she just doesn't understand English. At times it seems like she understands English fine, and sometimes it seems like she doesn't understand English at all. Did you get a, did either of you get a read on that? Jeff, did you have a, it sounds like she's just, you know, suffering from, like, total amnesia. Okay, that you, that's how you read it? Yeah. Okay. Like, I wasn't sure at times, cause sometimes, like, it seemed like she just was acting in a strange way, like when she was just hugging the bike and not responding to anything being said to her. Like, it felt a little bit um, just different. Than- yeah, I mean, at that time, I thought she just didn't speak English. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I thought it was just, like, a reaction. Like, it was her kind of... I thought it was more, like, shock and, like, more mm. also, like, her recovering from coming back to life the first time and her powers awakening, that she's not... there. It's not necessarily that she's suffering from something it's more just because of a reaction of her powers awakening it's kind of yeah it could be that it could be like it takes a little bit of time after dying to when you come back it takes a bit of time to get everything um to be stable and again it was only like a couple we only see like it's only a couple hours not even a day has passed so it's like it depends we have to wait and see with her yeah i'm I'm just i'm just interested because i would actually kind of be excited to see like that would be another interesting conversation to have about her like what like and um because she's definitely a good person. She is clearly a good person displayed on screen. She's clearly a intelligent person by how she helps and sa- helps the team at multiple multiple times. And I'm just interested where we're going with her because it feels important that we're introduced to her and Prince Brion in these three episodes. Like, Wait, I, think but I have a I have a question about yeah. Halo. I mean, you say she's a good person, but I it wasn't for me. It wasn't 100 percent clear whether or not like if she opened the door for the assassin voluntarily or not. That's another good point. And that's the only thing i'm like is she though or does she just not remember that maybe she was part of like a bad thing like or i, I mean think, i don't know i think that might that now that you say that i think that adds to what jeff was saying that there might just be amnesia that maybe prior she was helping the terrorists and now she's dead she died from um from the experimentation in the trafficking and she awakened powers and just forgot everything and that's now how it's going and so it might be interesting if we have a that that might be a character thing that's happening for her, where she remembers who she is. And it'll be interesting to see whether she 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 does a heel turn later in the series, I guess, in the season. But um, yeah, I I think the way I read it was that she was helping them, and then they turned on her when she helped them because she was a kid and they wanted to traffic her, which is mm-hmm. I think a weird choice, but still they did it. Um, that's probably one of the one plot points in this this three episodes that I found kind of strange. Sorry, Jeff, did I cut you off? No, 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 no. I just uh, imagine if um. 
if if Brion and her were in like a relationship or something, and then that came out, that'd be an interesting conflict. Like, oh wait, you actually helped kill my parents. That's yeah. Fun. I actually could see them doing that. Yeah, that that'd be um, yeah, because they 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 like to pair people off in the show, and that'd be a pair they would probably very quickly jump on when they're writing this. But um, I think there's um, I think the last thing I want to touch on plot-wise that we haven't really talked about yet is the fact that Vertigo is a very major force in these three episodes, and I was wondering if you guys felt like this was us, this show telling us that he's going to be a major force through the entire season, or this half of the season, or if you think he's just this the villain for these three episodes. Uh, Beatrice, what, what, what were you feeling? Or, Jeff, sorry, what were you feeling about that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I feel like he's just, like, the, the villain of the week, but I, his opening line, like, is, as always, is like, that's Count Vertigo to you, you peasants. Yeah. That's, can, you've been six years. Can you like come up with some other line? You yeah. Know? He he has the same thing. I do think though that the one of the funniest things in the entire in the entire premiere was when he counted the number of people appearing, and I think it was Tigress said like, yeah, he, that's why he's called Count. Like that was probably the stupidest <laughs> line of the entire premiere, but I loved it. It was that's the kind of humor I've been, I was kind of expecting from the show, just the shitty like references to pop culture. But um, Beatrice, how do you how did you feel about Vertigo? I think he was fine. I mean, he's not, he's never been like one of my favorite villains. Yeah. I think he was, he just, I think he just fit with like, because there's such a wide gallery of them. They're like, okay, he fits with like the motivation needed to be part of this opening thing. So, I mean, if I don't see him again, I'm happy. If I see him again in a small role, I'm happy. Um, if I see him in a bigger role, then they don't add more substance to him. Then I would be a bit annoyed. But yeah. up to this point, I'm like, eh, it's fine. He's fine for being the villain of the week. Yeah. And I, I think I'm on the same page with you on that because like, he's not that interesting. He doesn't have a lot of depth. His power is kind of boring too. Cause it doesn't really lead to interesting fight scenes even because it's just like he freezes his opponent. So and can I just, and can I just say one thing? Yeah, go ahead. Like, because I'm also like I'm currently rereading the Runaways comic and like of he's basically and he's he's basically like a not like even not in terms of powers, but in terms of like being a count and wanting his own country and whatever. He's basically Victor Von Doom, but just not as interesting. That, that's an interesting point, because we actually got a um, reference to the person who is in charge of the country he wants to be in charge of in episode three. Yeah. Who um is a long is a it's a reference from a long time ago because um Wally saved. The what's what's her? Oh my god! Uh, the 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 girl yeah. who had the heart condition. He saved her and foiled Vertigo's plan. And now that girl is dating Beast Boy, which is yep. an interesting loop of references. But that's what's happening. And like that's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, where like they throw these weird reference, like crazy deep references at the audience, and they just kind of if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And yeah, but yeah, Vertigo, I agree. He's pretty much just Victor Von Doom. After after I said all that, he but not as interesting. But not as interesting at all. He doesn't really have interesting motivations, but he is a stepping stone to get us into seeing more of the light. I would agree that I'd be upset. Like honestly, I'm upset he's still here in season three because he was in the first two seasons, and I was bored with him after like the first time I saw him. Like the very first time I saw him, I was bored, and he's been here for almost three full seasons now, and I'm just done with him. I'm ready for them to either kill him or just write him off the show, and I would not be upset about that at all. But um, I think that's like the big hitters. Was there anything we missed, Jeff? Was there anything like I we didn't touch on, or little maybe moments you liked that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Oh, uh, um, okay. So, well, <laughs> when uh when 
uh, who is it? Plasma, 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 someone. Plasmus, um, plasmus auto, whichever one you want to use. Yeah. Hugs Superboy. Like, oh, that was another one of those body horror ones. It's like, I mean, it wasn't gory at all, but still the concept and yeah, it's out from the pain. Um, okay. So one other thing that I don't know if they quite nailed the characterization that I thought they were going for is when Black Lightning, like, at the very end of the scene, when he finally gets his act together and starts going after Plasmus, that doesn't seem like something he would have done. Like I thought, I feel like he still would have been a little bit shaken up from the last time he shot lightning at someone who looked like Plasmus. Um, yeah, uh, that did feel a little bit quick, but I think that also is again part of how like they're just moving quick in general. They're just going yeah. so fast, and I don't know if I can point at that moment exactly and be like, "That's the problem," because there's just so many moments like that that are so quick. But again. I, I, I'm, I'm withholding my opinion until I see what, what they're doing with Black Lightning in the next couple episodes just to see how we're doing his character arc. But I agree, it did feel very quick how he just immediately started attacking something that looked like the person he killed. It was very Well, I mean, stunning. he attacked it after he saw a child. Killed. Yeah. Quote unquote, die. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like, oh, like he saw, and in a very graphic way. Oh, yeah. So it could have been like, he had, he could stop this person, but then suddenly it's like, oh, wait. They, but he doesn't, he holds back, and now a child is dead, which again could have pushed him enough against, like, yeah. getting his powers back, or at least, or is, at least in a moment of, like, rage and anger. So, um, it's, so, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, like, it was like an immediate thing. There was, they did do something to give him the incentive. Yes, they did. I just think that it was just like, it, it was just quick on screen time wise. I do think that this was the correct way to do it. It's just, I think, it was just very sudden, like, he went from looking at the body to being like, yes, attack. And, like, it was just, I don't know, I think it would have been good to see maybe a little bit longer span of that, but I think that it's fine. I think that they, that they needed to move on from this plot line for whatever they're going to do with him in the future. Beatrice, were there any other op- other non-Batwoman things that happened in this episode that really got you excited? Um, well, not necessarily excited. I don't know, are we going to talk about the assassination I mean, we kind of did already. Did you want to talk about more of that? But I mean, I just, I did, I just wanted to like point out that there's, they're they're creating this kind of, they're parallel with like a refugee crisis and discrimination. And a lot of the people who are being discriminated against are coded as being Arab. Um, and it's not great, at least from the start that they're just immediately doing this whole thing. And they're not, I mean, hopefully we're going to see more of it ideally. But if this is the most we see of this refugee crisis and whatever, it, unlike other things, it wasn't handled well. If no. this is all we get, because I, I, I mean, they, I mean, they do, they kind of do this thing where the king, which I appreciate that he, the new king, where he goes, like, you're being a hypocrite, you're whatever to, which was nice. He's like, he calls out, he, we don't continue this drama of misunderstanding. He kind of like settles everything himself, but I just, I don't know. I, if we, we better see more if the, because I don't know. I just think it's also kind of a little damaging that the, the, I don't know. I, I, I just, I had some issue with that. Um, especially like, I, yeah, that's just the emotions that I needed yeah. to get out. And I, 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 I think I get what you're saying. And I think I agree for the most part. I'm hoping that in the future we see like it, it's heavily, heavily implied that, um, Delam was the one who set this all up that there would be, t- people come in and try to kill that would assassinate the king and queen so i hope that we get explanation that for this and it might make it better like we get to see the i think it's karaki the karaki people we see more of them because halo is a karaki refugee 
Like she is yeah. of that group, of the Arab group. Like she was clearly coded as Muslim. She had a um she she had the head shawl on and it was I think that's also a good step forward. Like this show has always been good about diversity in their cast in terms of like like people in terms of like race, but they've they kind of stumble on everything else in terms of uh representation of people outside of the main cast. So hopefully we get a little more nuance to what's going on here instead of just showing them as terrorists. I agree with that. Yeah. And I still stand by the fact that like, if you're going to use queer themes, you better yeah. have queer characters. Like, I, you can't just like have your cake and eat it too. Like that's not good enough. Like it's yeah. not good enough to have someone like Beast Boy being like, oh, like I'm the only out person, but then show him be with like a girl and be like, oh, everything's fine. It's like, no, you can't. That's not good enough. If you want, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go that route and use these themes, like if you're not going to have queer characters, that's just exploiting the queer experience. And, and that's not good. And, and the worst part is, like, I don't think there's anyone in the main cast who we've seen so far who really could be queer. Because everyone we've seen has been already pretty much coded as straight. Everyone we've talked to. Like, all the it main is, characters. That's why, I mean, which is, like, fine. I'm just, which is, like, you know, it's, like, you want to be a heteronormative show? It's fine. But if you're going to use queer themes, then you need yeah. to back it up and give us representation. You can't yeah. have both. I don't know. Well, like, I would hope that may- maybe maybe Halo is gay. Maybe maybe this this girl is gay and she's not going to get in with Brion. But I think that that's kind of where they're going. But uh, yeah, I think that's um, th- there's just a lot here and there's a lot coming up. Do you guys um, let- let's let's end with this. Let's end with something fun just because we've been talking a lot of dark stuff. Uh, hey Jeff, what do you what do you where do you think we're going to be going next episode? Do you think we're going to be going to another three episode arc with like a cool mission to for not cool but a mission dealing with meta trafficking, or do you think we're going to be doing maybe a little more home building, like we're going to be seeing more of like the actual Justice League the next three episodes. I uh, really couldn't say. Um, I I've been kind of unplugged from the whole because um, I know like there's there's comic like material to yeah. backing up stuff, and I really haven't read any of it. For example, I didn't know until this podcast recording session that Oracle was uh, Batgirl or Bar- Barbara. Well, in in your defense, we are assuming based on ref like other comics that Oracle will be Batgirl. Like that's she has to be. I mean it's Barbara Gordon. Like if they change that, that's gonna be like a huge deviation from the comics. Because um if you have you read um any of the uh Enders game books? Yeah, I have. Okay, so uh Jane. I I I thought she was being said to be some sort of Jane character, like an AI that only only can hear uh, I mean, there is a lot of similarities to her, to Jane, the way they use Oracle in these episodes, in that, like, he talks to her and, like, people don't realize he's talking to a, to somebody else than them in the scene. Well, I guess that, that's right. actually a pretty interesting comparison. But, um, I don't know. It, usually Oracle is Batgirl, is Batgirl after she's been, sure. um, shot by the Joker and loses her use of her legs. So she just is, like, in, uh, the guy at the computer type deal. That, yeah, I actually do recall reading that. I just I didn't have it on my mind at the time. So no, no, yeah. it's fine. There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> Who can keep track of it? Uh, Beatrice, is there anywhere you're expecting this show to go, or ways it's going to zag that you're expecting? Um, I have more faith in them dealing with the humor. I think because this was like the opening yeah. three episodes, they had a lot of ground to cover in terms of plot and setup. So I think that's why it kind of feels very full. Um, and maybe there's no room for humor, but I think once we get more episodes and I think we're going to get that back. So I look forward to them dealing with that. Um, I don't, maybe, maybe next, ep- next three episodes will give us a bit of a breather. Um, 
but um, I don't know. Just just give me Batwoman saying something, oh anything, oh just anything, just I anything. Just, wanna... just tell her to say, you know, just tell, have her be the one character that curses. That would be fine. <laughs> you know, it's let, fine. Let Batwoman say fuck. Just let her come basically, on Basically, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just want her to be, like, with the Bat family doing cool things and oh, whatever. That's... I mean, it doesn't – again, it's fine if it's not because I understand why. Like, why – you have – there's such a huge array of characters. Um, So I guess maybe something to look, look forward to is to actually see Oracle, I guess, for me at least. That's a more feasible thing, more realistic yeah. thing is just show me Oracle being Oracle and being awesome. Yeah, we could have a scene where uh, Dick goes back to Gotham and meets up with Oracle. That'd be interesting for sure. But um, or also the oh. d- have Batman like chastise oh. Dick for being like, dude, like what the hell? I think we've actually been pretty good this whole series of like avoiding Batman overtaking everything in terms of plot. Yeah, like he did a little bit in season one and it made sense, but we've kind of moved on from Batman dictating the entire plot, and I like that because. Batman is a little overstated in all the other DC media, and I kind of like him taking, stepping back from all that. But anyway, another realistic oh. thing. Give me more oh. Black Canary. She, okay. she's, a, yes. she's, a, she's their mentor. She needs to be more. She needs to be there. She was oh, there, yeah. but I oh. want her with the kids. I think this speaks to how good the show is, like how good it was in seasons one and two. Because when I saw um, Superboy fighting in in these three episodes. I immediately thought of Black Canary and thought, like, yeah, she's probably really proud of how good he is now. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. really good that, like, I immediately jumped to that, that I remember that after, like, six or seven years that, oh, he was really bad at fighting before because he just relied on being strong, and now he's actually good at fighting now. But anyways, this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 it was a lot of fun. I'm really excited that Young Justice is back. Um, you guys listening can find all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com before we just... <laughs> I just want to, one other last thing, the, the end credits of these episodes. Yes. I love them. Love oh, them yes, they're really good. I love good. them, yeah. And I was... Yeah. They remind <laughs> me of Steven Universe. They're, like, this very, like, quiet, yeah. just kind of... Not in terms of, like, Steven Universe has this one one image, usually. But um, but in kind of, like, bringing everything back with kind of some soft music and, like, a heartwarming image, I think, is, like, a really nice touch. And brings us back down, I think, For- from the high intensity. Yeah, I think they're really good. And for the listeners at home, this is why I was trying to end the episode, because these two just want to keep talking about this show forever. Sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. No, it's good. I know you're not sorry, but that's why. But anyways, uh, it's been a lot of fun. uh, You can find everything about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us at Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated.com. Or sorry, slash OverlyAnimated. Uh, thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Carter, a.k.a. Cardboard. And um, and thanks to always to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. And uh, I don't know if any plugs you guys have, but we have a Ruby podcast, which is an action-animated-oriented show, if you guys are interested in it. And it's uh, Volume 6 is actually really great compared to the first five volumes, but Volume 6 is going strong. And uh, we had Voltron that just finished up. It was about a month ago now, but we have a couple podcasts on that, which are really fun. Uh, we're on Steven Universe, if you guys are interested in other shows with serious themes. Uh, that's another good one. But, um, yeah. So, uh, if that's all, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.